This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. Let's go to Acts chapter 12. We'll begin reading at verse number 1. And I want to talk about tonight what happens when the church really prays. Was that? Make sure she's okay. Yeah. Sound like something. When the church really prays something, well, she is okay because she's coming in the back door now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we thought we heard something for it. It's not like somebody stumbled on something, so it's always good to check. <laughs> but this story is a familiar one about uh, Acts chapter 12 about Peter and what happened uh, to him. But it's really, when I went back and looked at it again closely, and that's what I want to do tonight, is that realizing something happened because the church really, really prayed. I mean, they didn't just say a one-sentence prayer, or they didn't just uh, say something that once in a while. But it, this was a continual, this was a fervent, this was a, this was a prayer that really shook heaven. And because of that, something happened. You know, prayer is such an important thing. And sometimes I, I think that we, uh, we talk about it so much, we may take it for granted. You know, even handing out our prayer bulletin. And, and, and I catch myself sometimes saying, well, you know, Lord, just pray. I pray you'll bless these people. But, you know, when you think about it, they, they are listed for a reason. And that is we can be specific about prayers. And there are d different ones in there that we really need, not that one's more important than another, but that, that something is really happening at that moment, at that time with them. And uh, that was the case here in Acts chapter 12. So prayer is very important. You ask that little boy in church that was misbehaving one time. He couldn't sit still. He couldn't keep his mouth shut. His mom and dad tried and tried and tried to get him to be quiet. Finally, his dad picked him up and headed out the back door of the church. And just before they got to the doors, that little boy turned around and said, pray for me, please pray for me. <laughs> so he, he knew how important prayer was <laughs> going to be in his case. <laughs> and it's very important in our case. But look at Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now at that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex. That means he was trying to do all he could to hurt the church at that time, certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread, or the Passover was there. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, being Peter now he's talking about. He delivered him into four quartorians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But notice this, verse number five, prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Very important verse. But prayer was made without ceasing. It was around the clock. Since Peter was put in prison, prayer was going up for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, 
Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound by two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison, heading very uh, steadfast in prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on his side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, <clears throat> and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he had saw a vision. He thought he was dreaming this whole thing. You ever dreamed a dream, and you thought it seemed so real? And thank goodness you woke up. Well, sometimes we think, you know, man, that was a good dream. I want to go back there again. But in this particular case, he, he thought he was dreaming and uh, he saw authority seen a vision. So verse 10, when they were past the first and second war, they came into the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which openeth to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street and forth with the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent an angel, his angel, and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. So he's been delivered from being put to death the next day. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, uh, where many were gathered together. Notice that. What were they doing? Praying. They wasn't, they wasn't sitting around just doing nothing and talking. They were praying for Peter. Peter's deliverance. As Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda. When she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad, but she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. You know, they were praying for his deliverance, but they're not believing it all day. <laughs> I tell you, they, they, they believed God was going to do something, but God did it a different way than they thought. That's really what it amounts to. Peter right there still continued knocking, and when they had opened the door, they saw him, and they were astonished, and he beckoned unto them with the hand to hold their peace and declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren, and he departed and went into another place. When a church prays, when people pray, when they really pray, things can happen. And I don't know if you've thought about how important prayer really is. I mean, we know that, that, it's, that it's important, but sometimes we fail to continue to pray. We, we fail to pray uh, certain ways that I hope I can get to tonight. And, and look at some of those ways that we can be praying that I think we'll see some great answers. Because listen, I think the day that we live in, we can't afford not to pray. We can't. You know, I, I want to see this church full again. And I think that's going to happen if we just pray and pray for people that haven't come back yet. And, uh, and so continue to do that. That's my prayer. And, and so these prayers that we pray here, when you think about it, if the church wants to know God's will for your life, my life, 
then prayer must come from our lips and it must flow to God. Prayer is a key to a church's relationship with God. And as we communicate with the Lord, as we bring our petitions to the Lord, as we bring our needs to the Lord, I think that we will see things happen. And we have seen answers to prayers many times. And I think it's because people really got down to business to praying. They didn't let up. They didn't let the devil talk them out of it. They didn't let someone else uh, distract them. But they continued to pray because the absence of prayer makes it difficult for the church to function, to operate. Every part of the service should be bathed in prayer. Pray for the service coming up Sunday. Pray for it ahead of time. Now some great things will take place. So this book of Acts, it's a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. And as we read down through those verses here, we find that some things that were happening in that day and time that brought great persecution to the church. And I can imagine how these people felt. They're probably, they're probably thinking, my goodness, the church is going down. It's going under. Some of the great apostles are being killed. Things are happening that we don't like to see happening. So what are we going to do about it? And so uh, because the, the spread of the gospel, because it was going forth after the day of Pentecost, because the church began to grow, Christianity was considered something false to the Judaism. And so they, they were, it was a very unpopular thing with the Jews to have, have the church being born here and the church being preached and things going out. So because of that, then they begin to face per- persecution. And uh, even Saul, during the time, this is before his conversion, he, he was part of that wrecking havoc on the church. And the church leaders were becoming victims of this. So uh, Stephen became the first one to die for his faith. And so as we look at uh, that text, the first part of uh, chapter 12, we see that King Agrippa had decided, you know what, I'm going to start killing these folks. I'm going to start killing these people. And when he did, and he killed James, then people, he said, oh, the Jews got happy about it. He said, well, this is great. This is good for me. So the brother of John, James, was killed with the sword. And so Herod saw that it pleased that. So he says, you know what? I'm going to get Peter next. And I'm going to take his life. So he's put in prison. He's in there under 16 soldiers guarded. Because I think that he he had heard that these apostles could make a miraculous escape. God would deliver them. And so he said, I'm going to make sure that Peter's not going to be delivered, that he's not going to be set free. But you know, I thought about that. How many of us know God's power can't be limited, can it? (laughs) You know, and I think that's something we need to think about when it comes to prayer. Because when we face a, a, a real heavy need in our life, when we face something very drastic, something very uh, large, and we don't know how we're going to get around that, don't think for a moment that God still can't take care of that need. He can still do that. But he, he expects us to keep praying. So Peter's stay in prison here wasn't intended to be very long. It was going to be a... a The very next day after the Passover ended, he said, I'm going to pull him out and I'm going to put him to death in front of people and have him executed. 
And he said, you know, things are going to just get even better for me. So James had been killed. Peter, with Peter's arrest, the church said, you know what? We need to do something. We can't sit back and watch these apostles getting killed here. We've got to do something. And the only thing they could do was pray. You ever felt like that sometimes? That you see a situation and you think, man, I wish I could help. I wish I could do this. I wish." I... And, and many times we, we really can't get involved in it in that particular way, but we can always pray. That's one good thing about it. We can always pray. I've heard people say that. You know, what, what can I do for you? Well, right now, just pray for me. Now, don't take that lightly when they say that. That's something that we, we definitely need to do. And so uh, here the, the church was being attacked by Satan, and so the, the church had to respond, and they responded by praying. And that's why we read in that verse number 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So we're going to see some uh, definite things that have to do with prayer that, that he's talking about here. And the first thing I want to talk about tonight is this. When the church prays, it must pray without ceasing. It must pray without ceasing. You say, well, I, I've been praying for that person or that need for a while, and, and I just... I just, you know, decided to quit praying and and, and uh, do something else. And I know it's hard sometimes to, to, to pray for a long time for a need, but we need to continue to do that. You know, some of these people on our prayer list, they've been on there a long time. But please don't give up on them. Please continue to pray for them. When the church prayed for Peter, I believe it wasn't a little short, sweet prayer. But they prayed continuously, they prayed earnestly, they prayed fervently, and they prayed with sincerity and seriousness. And I believe when we get down to praying like that, when we extend ourselves into that type of prayer, then I believe walls will come down and things will happen because God said, you know what? He sees a serious person down there praying a serious prayer. Hey, these people are not fooling around. They're not going to give up. They're going to keep on praying. And they mean business. I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, football that much. Some of you may be, but uh, when in, in football, let me give you a quick lesson if you're not. <laughs> Each team, of course, tries to make a touchdown, but on the way to that touchdown, they have to get 10 yards in order to get another first down. They start their first down, second down, third down. By the time they get to the fourth down, if they haven't progressed 10 yards, they're going to end up giving the ball to the opposite team. They're going to end up kicking it away and giving it to them. And I don't know if you've ever noticed what's happened on TV before if you watch a football game, but when they get to that fourth down, if they're going to go for it, the crowd gets really, really loud. And the louder they get, the harder it is for that team to hear the call, to hear the play, and, and they mess up, and they lose that down, and they lose the ball. You know why? Because of the crowd. They made a lot of noise. They made noise. In other words, there there was one particular stadium. This they call it the, the what the twelfth man. 
They call the crowd the 12th man because they, they are so much part of the team. And so what had happened here is that Peter stay in prison that, that was getting ready to take place. Satan said, you know what? This is the fourth down here. You know, and, and King Herod is going to try to make this, this uh, uh, happen here. He's going to try to make it a first down and Peter be executed. But you know what? The church made some noise. <laughs> they began to pray. They began to pray earnestly about that situation. And those prayers were heard in heaven. And God responded. So the church must pray without ceasing. And I hope that you and I will continue to do that. Uh, not a five-minute prayer. Not, not just a sentence prayer. But I believe it has to be a prayer that really comes from our heart and we really get down to business. You know, have you ever tried to pray with the TV on? <laughs> you know, that don't work too good because you get distracted. You know, and even even other things around you. Really, if I'm going to pray earnestly about something, I've got to get away from everything else. Cut everything else off, all everything, and, and just tune in on God and pray that prayer, that sincere prayer. Put a lot of effort into it. So we saw that the church prayed without ceasing, but also when the church prayed, it prayed specifically. And that's what we need to do as well. You know, we, we can take our prayer bulletin and say, Lord, just meet the needs of all those people. Or we can take them, take that bulletin and look at each name and, and pray for each person. And whoever the Lord really lays on your heart, spend more time in prayer for that need. And that's why it says that in verse 5, it was without ceasing. It did just a little bit. I think if they would have stopped praying for Peter, God wouldn't have answered like that. Now, I don't, I don't think Peter would have died if it wasn't God's uh, will for him to die at that time. He'd have worked out something else. But in this particular case, the very next day, Peter was going to die. So when we gather together to pray, uh, you know, I don't think these people said, well, let's take some prayer requests and we'll pray. No, they, you know, and it's nothing wrong with taking prayer requests sometimes. But how many times do you know someone specifically needs prayer right at that moment, right at that time you just heard some news about that person? And we don't need a prayer request then. We need, we know who what we're praying about. And we just need to be specific about that. And that's exactly what was happening here. They, they knew what was what was the deal? Peter was going to be executed, and so we're praying for his deliverance from that jail. We're praying that something really will happen that will get Peter out of this situation. And so that's what they did. I think prayer needs to be more than just a general request. It needs to be specific. Even when you pull up to McDonald's at the drive-thru, if you, the speaker comes, may I help you? Well, I want a hamburger. Well, they're going to say, well, what kind of hamburger do you want? <laughs> I mean, we got all kinds on here. You know, so we're, we're even specific at, 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 at ordering something like that. We should be the same way when we're praying to God. Go before God. We know what we want to pray for. 
And I know God already knows the need, but He wants to hear us, you and me, pray specifically for someone, ask for that. I think the more specific we become in prayer, the more we're able to identify and answer to that prayer. Amen? I love praying for a certain specific thing, and then all of a sudden I hear the answer for that certain specific thing came. And praise the Lord, I was praying for that. I've heard people say that, but I was praying just that the Lord would do that. And that's what he did. Well, thank you that you were praying that way. So I know that God knows what we're praying for, but he wants us to be specific about that. And I think when we when we really get down to that, it helps us focus more about the prayer we're praying. It helps us hear uh, the Lord better as he leads us into a, even a deeper prayer as we continue on. So being specific helps us get out of that rut too. You know, how many of us can get into a rut of praying or repetitious praying and we're just saying the same thing over and over? Sometimes I find myself searching for more, different words when I'm praying to the Lord, a different way that I can pray to Him uh, than just using the same words that I used before. So I, th I think it's very important that we be specific. And that's what they did. They, they prayed specifically for him. Now look at verse number six. When Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. You see, that's the answer right there coming from the prayers. This is what took place. A light shined in the prison. He smote Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. When the church prays, God hears and answers prayer. And that's what he did. They had been praying for Peter that night. They knew that they needed to pray earnestly that night. And so the deliverance was going to take place that they were praying for. I believe they made news and they made news in heaven. They made noise in heaven with their prayers. And he sent that angel to lead him out. You remember this now. He's, he's there between 16 soldiers. They're keeping watch over him. Those soldiers know this. If Peter escapes, they're going to lose their life. So they, they're, they're doing everything they can to keep him there. But when God answers prayers, Satan has to release his grip. Sixteen soldiers couldn't do it when God came on the scene. <laughs> I mean, he had to release that. He had to let go. Why? Because God was about to move. And the church's prayers were being answered. You think about it. Every little part of that. When the angel smote his side, that was an answer from the church's prayers. When the chains fell off, that was an answer to the church prayers. When the angel said, get up, get dressed, get your shoes, and he led him through those first guards and right on out through the gate, all of those were answers to prayer, even though Peter thought he was dreaming. The church's prayers were being answered. And the Bible says that that big old gate opened of its own accord. <laughs> I mean, nobody had to push it open. God pushed it open. And they walked right on through. I don't know about you, but I've had times I needed God to open up the gate. <laughs> 
I needed him to open up the way. And haven't you seen him do it? Amen. I, I know when people are praying for me, when things are happening, and see God move and open up the gate for us today. And it's very important that we remember people. You know, there's people's that, that their marriages need prayer. We've got people that they're, even the pew warmers, some of the people that need to get more involved with God. Don't forget it. Pray for our church. Pray that some great things will take place. You know, I want to see that pastor jumping again. Amen. And he'll do it when great things are taking place, if we'll pray. And then when the church prays, listen, it must expect God to work his own way. You know, aren't we uh, bad about thinking, I got to figure out, God, how you can answer it. <laughs> I got to figure out what you could do, God. I got it all planned. You know, the, the people praying here, they didn't have it planned like this. They thought maybe that Herod would would uh, let him go. They, they thought maybe that something else would, would take place, uh, that he would get out of there. But when the church prayed, it must expect God to work his own way. And when Peter thought about what had happened to him, what did he do? He went to Mary's house. He went to the mother of John Mark. Obviously, one place that the church was continuing to meet there, and he knew that. They were continuing to pray. He knew that some people would be gathered there praying. And it was at Mary's house that the petitions were sent up on his behalf. And of course, old Peter gets to the door and he's knocking. He's ready to come in. Rhoda comes to the door and she hears his voice. She recognizes it. And she got so excited she forgot to open the door and runs on back in. Peter's, what's going on? Come on now. The Lord's done brought me out of prison. Now you're going to leave me out here. And he keeps on knocking. Of course, they told her she was crazy. You ever had somebody tell you you're crazy? God ain't going to answer that prayer. <laughs> you're crazy God and didn't answer that prayer. Oh, he's, he's not going to answer that prayer. There are a lot of unbelievers out here in the world. There are a lot of people who don't think that God can still answer prayer, but I know he can, amen. He's the one still on the throne. He's the one still handling things. So they thought she was crazy, but uh, he, of course, kept knocking, and finally they let him in. Now, they were so amazed they were so excited when they saw him. They made a lot of noise. And Peter said, whoa, whoa, quiet down. Don't get so loud. I believe the church was praying for Peter's deliverance. They just expected it another way. Maybe Herod would let him go. Perhaps maybe they would have a, a trial and the jury would find him innocent. Maybe They, they were probably thinking always, and I, and I do the same thing. I I pray about a situation and I, I, I go over my mind how God may answer it this way and he may do it this way or he may do it, I have the time all figured out. One thing about God, we can't we can't figure out his time and, or his ways. We might as well forget that. But we just need to pray. We need to be specific about it. We, do, we, we shouldn't limit God. He, he can do things the way he needs to do them. And in the eyes of the church, it didn't take long for God to answer these prayers. You know, I, I have prayed for things, and I know you have too, and God answered right away. But I've also prayed for things, and it's been weeks 
It's been months. It's been even years. It's been a long time. But if we'll keep on believing and we'll keep on praying, keep on knocking at that door, just like Peter, they'll let you in after a while. But on this night, the church witnessed the power of prayer. And I, I want us to remember that tonight. There is power in prayer. There's power in it. When the church prays, and that doesn't mean, like I preach Sunday, that doesn't mean we just pray on Sunday. It's not a Sunday morning religion, is it? And not just on Wednesday night either. But all during the week, we should be praying. So whenever the church prays, things will take place. But we have to do it without ceasing. And we have to do it specifically. And we have to pray. And when we hear God answer, expect God to do it His own way. Because that's how God works. And I hope you'll pray. You'll always be a praying church. Because I believe prayer is what will we'll see lives changed if we pray. Sinners will come and get saved. Sick will get healed. People will forgive one another. Church will hear from heaven and blessings will come down when the church prays. Let's not stop praying, amen? Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, visit our website at bufordroadbaptistchurch.com.